You know, today is a day in which we have an opportunity to be able to shine in the midst of trial. How many of you ever experienced trial before? Just one, one, one or two, right? It doesn't happen very often, right? It seems like there's always something that could be a potentially catastrophic situation in your life. It seems like there could be something that could take place. Something veers off the tracks is what we, we often say, right? Something just kind of heads in a different direction. Things can go and be going really great, and you're just like not expecting it, and then all of a sudden it just kind of goes haywire. We get surprised, do we not? And one of the things that the enemy tries to do is he tries to get you to question the faithfulness of God. And the way he does that is deteriorating or coming against the very faith that God has put within you. How many of you know that you can't even have faith unless God puts it in you? The faith that you have to have the potential to believe in a God that you've never seen with physical eyes and to believe in a place that you've never seen with physical eyes, that it exists, whatever, you cannot do that in your own ability. You can't do it. The only way in which you can be fully convinced of the existence of God and his love and his plan for your life is if the Holy Spirit himself comes in and brings that awareness to you. Now, we have a little dilemma because there's a number of people in the world who are not functioning in that awareness realm. They're functioning outside of it. And so what is the role of the church? What is it that we're supposed to be doing right now to help people come to this experience and this encounter with this loving God that is seemingly impossible for them to do unless supernatural Holy Spirit steps in? The one thing that we're going to talk about today is you and the importance of of increasing and strengthening your faith. Your faith can be a saving factor in other people's lives. Well, you might say, well, how? Isn't isn't my salvation personal? And am I supposed to work it out with fear and trembling myself? Yes, you are. But if people see the lack of faith in you, when you have professed it in the past, now it begins to get to the point to where they wonder, this person who said for years about what God can do and is doing, they're beginning to wonder about the reality of it at all. And so the enemy, recognizing that you could be a shining example or a really a damning example, for some people who cannot come or who will not come to save now Jesus because they're looking at people and trying to see, is this person real? Is this person have real faith? Or is it just a faith that is uh, convenient, a faith that is comfortable? And there's, this, there's something that happens in your faith world, all right, that helps to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that genuine faith is in you. Does anyone have any idea what it is? Love is one of those things, yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? What is some genuine faith, uh, uh, proof, uh, some evidence of your faith? Change, What? Conviction, obedience, joy, lifestyle, long-suffering, 
no fear. You know what all these things have in common? They are all action things. They are all deeds-oriented. They are all works. The things that you are talking about are manifest evidence of a saving faith that's in you, and it's transformed you and made you into something that you could not be without him. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 2. Today I have a message for you, okay? And it's called this, I'm still working it out. Say, I'm still working it out. (laughs) Your faith is something that, as I said before, was deposited in you, okay? It's given to you. But what happens is that your faith is supposed to grow. Go ahead with that scripture verse, if you would, please. We're going to begin reading here in James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it in your actions? Just ponder that for a moment. What good is it? What good is it if you, if you have faith, but you don't show it in your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day, stay warm, and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Wow. Wow. How many of you heard people say, I don't have to go to church in order to be a Christian? How many know that that's accurate? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian, all right? Genuine faith does. But if you try to go through your faith walk and not expect for the body of Christ to be part of it, you're not doing the way in which God intended it to work, right? That's a whole other message. All right, here we go. Verse number 18, now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you! I I mean, I don't know if there's... You know, sarcasm. I don't know if the Holy Spirit, in the sense, you know, inspired a little bit of sarcasm, but I, I, I sense a little bit there. I was like, good for you, quote unquote. Hello? It's like, he says, oh yeah, by the way, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. Say together. His actions made his faith complete. Say complete. Together and complete. And so it happened that just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and it, and it, and it uh, counted him as righteousness because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Well, if you don't read that in its context, you get a little bit, you know, like, not faith alone? I thought, 
You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I mean, it's, it's the hallmark of everything. But what the author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is trying to help us to understand is the true definition of what faith is. So we find in the final wrap-up of this passage that I have here in verse number 25, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions. What was that, that woman's um, job? She hid the spies, right? But she was a prostitute. Wow. Now, is that saying that you should be ongoing that? No, I mean, but here is what she was, right? She believed that God was working through the lives of those of the spies and through the nation of Israel, and she was in this process of living one life, but there was about a change that was going to take place in her life. When she had those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Faith without deeds, faith without good words, faith it, I mean, it, it, without activity. How many of you feel like your faith is exactly where you want it to be? Then say it with me. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on faith increasing in my life. I'm still working on the manifestations of faith showing through my life. I still want these works and these deeds to, to, to give evidence of the fact that I do believe in him, right? I don't believe as some who just believe that he exists, but I believe to the point to where my life will be different, where there is evidence in my life. The problem that we have in today's world is that, that us well-meaning parents want to do anything and everything we can for our kids. How many of you have been one of those kinds of parents? Oh, you say you haven't, yeah? I mean, it hasn't, urine, it hasn't burned up with me. I mean, when I see them who are, who, are, who are helpless and they don't have a clue about life, I mean, my daughter is a smart young lady. And I know that she can do a lot of stuff without me. But when she brought that little baby into the world, and, and, and she's never done this before, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, do you know how to do this? Come on, I'm trying to be real. I mean, you can't do all this. These things started coming in my mind, this passion for the safety of this child, whom she loves more than I love, Right? I don't know, some grandparents would argue with that. But I would think that out of your own flesh and being, you have this love, you have this care. I know her heart. I know she'd never do anything to bring any harm to this, this, this little one. But I have suggestions. I have thoughts that would make this whole process better, easier. So I think, right? And the fact of the matter is, is that my actions cannot and should not get in the way of what her actions are and doing, right? But I want to do. I want to do for them. And the fact of the matter is that the more I do sometimes, the more I get in the way. And they've got to be able to learn things themselves, right? they got to work it out. Say, work it out. I'm still working it out. Yesterday, we were at the, the John Ball Zoo. 
And there were some geese that were there. And there was about five or six of them that was coming across and the road that was there. And these kids began to, 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 to tantalize them, all right, began to irritate them and such. And my wife, being the caring individual that she is, looked at those kids, and, and she doesn't know them from Adam. But this, this caring, protective mothering started to happen within her. Now, it's different from me than what it was from her because I'm looking at these kids, and I'm taking out the camera. I'm thinking we might have a video here that might really show something that's going to be funny, you know. And she begins to speak to these girls, these, these kids, and say, you better not do that. She, she's asking me questions. Won't they turn around and come at them? I said, it's possible. Yeah, let me get my phone. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm, I'm waiting for something to happen. And, she, and she's saying, watch out. And she's wanting to talk to them. I says, be quiet. Let them learn. You guys think it's something totally different to me now, aren't you? <laughs> you see, sometimes you've got to work it out. I'm still working it out. I'm still working out my faith. And I've come to this rea realization that there are some challenging and difficult situations that I will encounter in life. And whether you believe in Jesus or don't believe in him, life is difficult, is it not? But it's a whole lot more easier with him. Many times the difficulties in our lives come as a result of the things that we do to ourselves. The decisions we make. Come on. How many of you own that? Lift your hand up. I, there's some things that's come my way. There's some things that's happened because guess what? I've done them things, right? I've set myself up for that. There's other things that have happened to us that we've had absolutely no control over. A phone call or a person has walked out on us or whatever. But listen, in either situation, if we are to assume that God is good and we should... Because he is, right? We must understand that God will take that situation, whether self-instigated or whether it's responsibility of someone else, and that God somehow can leverage that situation and bring us to a greater place in our faith, right? Now, what happens is many times when we have problems is that we try to do one of three things. We try to fix ourselves. Anybody try to fix yourself? <laughs> right. Because, because guess what? We, we know more about ourselves. And, and how many times has that not worked out so well? Or sometimes we'll make the mistake. The second thing we'll do is we'll try to let others help to fix us. And so we'll go to the public airwaves and we'll post something on Facebook or Instagram. And we'll tell everybody about all of our problems or what other people have done to us. By the way, I'm not saying that that's a very good idea. <laughs> but it is what lots of people do. And many, many, many times it's not that effective. The third thing that we try to do is we get to this point where we try to uh, we try to find someone else who can fix the situation, but when they can't do it, we want to give up. How many of you wanted to give up before? How many of you had some relationship with somebody? Don't raise your hand on this or whatever like that. And you've done everything that you could do to try to bring restoration to that relationship, and you're just like, you know what, forget it. Some people are at this place within their faith walk where they've, they've tried to grow in the Lord. They've tried to increase in their faith, and, and they just feel stuck. I've heard people have talked about the religious, the calisthenics that they go through. I've read my Bible. I'm praying. I'm, I'm listening to Christian music. I'm coming to church services, and, and I still feel stuck. I still feel stuck. What is it that they're saying? What is the expectation that they're having? Maybe it might be that rather than experiencing this feeling, God's waiting for you to experience some action, some works, some deeds, 
some things that, that, that will be absent of the, uh, of the feelings. Don't worry, you, you won't feel the feelings, but guess what? You'll go ahead and do the right thing. Now, now th- once again, this faith and this works have to come together. And, and many people have a hard time with it. I want us to make it very clear that your salvation is never, ever something that you receive because of works. It's not your salvation we're talking about here, okay? We're talking about you having a faith that is evidence to other people so that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is real and he has a plan for their lives. And the enemy doesn't come and try to steal your faith. <laughs> you know, working out, I, I got something over here. This is, this is something, this, this is quite a machine, all right? This, is, this machine here is called a total, oops, I thought there was wheels on that. We're going to come here. i got to work out just by that. Oh, it's on that side. I was pulling the wrong side. That's the reason why. There we go. There we go. All right. I'm going to hurt myself up here before I get started. This is a total gym. Does that look like a total gym to you? <laughs> the advertisements on this particular gym is that you know, if you, you get on there and you, and you lay like this, you, you, you go like this, you go, you go up and down. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a workout here. Is anyone feeling? That's how you start, okay? And maybe you have to start the way because of the physical limitations that you have right away. But how many of you know if I just come and I, I push up and down on that over and over again, there's going to come a period in time where I'm going to experience a plateau, it may be difficult for somebody at their particular level. Gets me breathing heavy, all right, just doing that. There's other, there's other parts of this exercise, all right, where you take and you pull, pull your arms up like this, and you're on it, and you pull them up and over. I need a, I need a Joel, come on up here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there. a volunteer. I need a volunteer. See that, how, how anxious he was? Go, go ahead. Have you ever been on one of these things? Oh, volunteer. You ever been on one of these things? Oh, okay, all right. Well, just go ahead and yeah, get him down there and... Yeah, this thing right there, yeah. Show us how that works there, Joel. So, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, I just sense the form coming into him right now. You see what I'm saying? Look at that. The form's going away, all right. Now, how often or how long would he have to do this before some, sh- some changes begin to happen within his body? <laughs> right? I mean... At a period of time, now he could get really good, and this could be really hard for him at some per- point in place and time, but, but at some point, it's going to get really easy, and until he does something, what's he got to do? He's got to change it up. Go ahead and get off of that for a moment, all right? And he has to do what's, what all of us have to do, and you got to lift this little baby up here. Oh. There we go, and let's see how much easier that is. All right, now, he's going to make this look easy, all right, just because he's in front of us all. But no, no, it will be easy in a sense, but it will have a different difficulty and a different effect doing this than just staying down at this previous level, right? Is there more strain there? There definitely is more strain there. It's only, it feels like a workout, he says. You see, his body weight is the same. He's not moving any more body. He didn't gain any weight from this position, that position. But in order to go up to the next level, all right, he raised the intensity became more clear, right, more clarified. There we go. Thank you so much. Give him a hand. All right, everybody. I am convinced that we need a total gym. 
in our spiritual lives, right? We need this total overhaul. And so many things out there are advertising that if you do this, if you do that, whatever it is, and you get this particular piece of equipment, or even spiritually speaking, you get this Bible, you sing this song, you listen to this message, you're part of this particular group, you know, and, and the list goes on. And when you do that more and more and more, then you're going to be again to grow. Now, those things, I'm not saying they're bad. But I'm saying to you, that unless you get to a place to where you understand that as you raise the intensity and you don't become begrudging to the challenges, all right, when you can embrace the difficulty. Some, I, I think it's said in the, in the exercise world, no pain, no gain. You know it, right? How many say, I don't, I don't like that pain part, right? <laughs> I don't like that. But, but, this, but it, it, there's a principle that is true. You see, God wants to do something in us, right? We're often asking ourselves a situation, God, what are you trying to do with me right now? And he says, I want to do something in you so that I can do something through you. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to do something through you. Here's what I found. Faith does not grow in comfort. It may be easy to lay there at that lowest level and to go up and down on that little board for, you know, lots of times. But that is not the way I'm going to feel the strain. That's not the way in which Joel's going to feel the strain. He has to take it up to the next level. And if he changes the exercise and does something different, maybe he has to go back down. But what I'm trying to tell you is that God is constantly trying to even, and I'll say God's doing this, change some things up in your life so that you can get to the place to where you're walking by faith and not by sight on a regular basis. About the moment that you think you got it all figured out, all right, there's some times where God will allow for some things to change in your, in your world and in your spiritual life. Because guess what? You, 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 we, we get to this place to where we start to do it on these, uh, these me muscle memory types of things. We just kind of start going through the motion, and there's no strain, and there's no pain with it. And all of a sudden, when things don't turn out the way in which we want, we're not being used the way in which we want, or we feel like we're stuck, now we're questioning the very existence of God. God, where did you go? I'm suggesting to you today that the pain that you may be experiencing in your situation right now, the uncomfortable situation in your life, could be happening in order to elevate faith in your life, in order to take you to the next level. You know, the Bible says that faith is the evidence. Right? That's, that's what I have there on, on the screen. The Bible says faith is the evidence. Hebrew 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Think about evidence for a moment. Evidence is something that they use in court cases to prove certain facts. To give credibility to certain testimony. The evidence that is there, in other words, is clearly, is clearly seen. It can be articulated. It's undeniable. That's what evidence is, all right? You can't deny some, the evidence. The evidence is this. The fact of the matter is, God's asking, what kind of evidence is there in your life of genuine faith? Because if you have genuine faith, you're also going to have actions. 
you're also going to have deeds. You're going to have works. And I know that we get into this question, this, this place in the, in the world in which we live where this judgmental type of thing has really damaged a lot of people. Some people would look at other individuals and they would say, you call yourself a Christian and you do this or that? You've used a particular language. You watch a particular show. You may smoke. You may have even been or in the midst of coming out of prostitution. Oh, that's Bible, right? Is that okay to tell you what happened in the Bible? Could someone be on the verge of being a pre-Christian and be a prostitute? Be a gambler? Be a drunkard? Could, could, well, 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 Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but, but certainly they're not going to say that way. Well, I, I get that. But the Bible says that Rahab, who was a prostitute, was considered that she had faith because of her actions. We know she couldn't accept Jesus Christ. He had not, you know, come at that particular point in time. But she had this belief in this almighty God that was doing something in the lives of a people who were called the nation of Israel, right? People who were on the other side. People who had been, the stories had been told about how they came out of Egypt. They'd been in bondage. The stories had been told about how the Red Sea had split open and swallowed up the enemies. The stories had been told. And all of a sudden, some faith started to swell up within somebody who was in a, it was in a, 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 a practice and who was at a job, all right, that, that most of us here, we wouldn't consider something you're doing if you're serving God, right? But here the Bible doesn't make any difference in that. Instead, it says that she had actions. Here's the part that I want to leave up to God. You see, there's some challenging situations in your life right now. God is trying to do something either to you or in you so he can do some things through you. And it's probably really uncomfortable. But there's another place in the word of God that says, take great joy when you're experiencing all kinds of struggles. You should rejoice in the state of your discomfort because God is growing something in you. You ought to look at something that's a little bit hard and say, well, I didn't know how to do this. I don't know how to get over this. But one thing I know is that God is with me. And as long as I continue to humble myself before him, as long as I continue to say, Lord, you're in charge, not me, then something miraculous can take place. Something extraordinary could take place. I'm talking about a God-sized faith can be realized in your life and the greater things can be experienced. In 1 Samuel the very first chapter, there's an occasion of a in the story, the account of a woman by the name of Hannah. And um, Hannah is really important to us as far as in the, in the scriptures because Hannah was experiencing called something called deficit. Say deficit. She was lacking. You know what she was lacking? A child. She wanted a child. She wanted a child so bad that she went to the temple and she cried out regularly. 
Someone probably even told her. This, this is hypothetical, but I can, I can imagine. Someone says, you know what? You've asked for that thing over and over again. You know what? You just need to pipe it down. If God wanted to give that to you, then he would have given you that child a long time ago. And I think she did what blind Bart- Bartimaeus did. She cried out all the more. We find where it was in agony. She prayed so much. I'm not sure if it was the cause of it, but her lips were moving and no words were coming out. There was a deficit, all right? Look at this. There's a deficit. You know, deficit is face opportunity to do something. And Hannah had something that was going on in her life, all right? And, and it, was, it was aching her. It was paining her. And she, there was accusations that was beginning to take place. Even the priest comes out, Eli, and he says, he says, listen, I want you to know, you need to be quiet. You're drunk. You're, you're, you're opening your mouth and you're saying these things, but no words are coming out. How long are you going to stay on the wine? And she says, I'm not on the wine. Let's, let's look here in the text. It says, so in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, oh, Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Uh, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth and Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Next passage, if you would, please. Not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. She's basically saying, I'm a woman who has this deficit in my life. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. I've got to tie some things together because I'm running out of time here. But I want you to understand something. There may be deficit that is happening in your life right now. There may be some things that you've asked for and you have not seen it become a reality. May I give you the word of God today from one occasion, from one illustration, and let you know that this deficit could be the very opportunity that you need so that God can grow in you so he can grow through you? Would you consider for a moment that God isn't absent? Would you consider for a moment that you can have this argument with the kingdom of darkness who's trying to get you to doubt your faith and say, listen, this isn't God's absence. This is God working through me. God is with me in the midst of this flame, in the midst of this fire. He's going to help me to be able to overcome. We see where she, she didn't give up on the things that were important. She didn't give up on the continuing to seek. She didn't give up on the intensity to pray. She didn't give up with the tears. She came before him, before the Lord on a regular basis. And we see something happen. And that's the very next thing I want you to get about this. The atmosphere for productive growth is trouble. You may not think this, all right? But the atmosphere, the environment... For productive growth comes many times through what we see as restriction. Some people think that in order to have a good lawn, they can just go ahead and take and uh, get some fresh topsoil and, you know, and, and, and plant it and, and, um, and they just cast a seed upon the top of the soil. And many times, maybe something will happen and it will come up eventually, but you know where it comes up the fastest and strongest? When that seed gets buried underneath the rest of the dirt that's on top, where it can't be seen, and you even kind of 
walked over a little bit makes it a little bit hard for that seed to kind of sprout up through that hard ground but something begins to happen because before it can sprout up it begins to sprout down it begins to get deeper it begins to get stronger and as it begins stronger then it can go up and it can hold that gla- that grass that blade of grass it can attach to the other things underneath and can make it all stronger. Sometimes the atmosphere for our growth is we want it to always be easy. We want it to be something that we can just kind of, you know, say to everybody, look at me. Look how God has blessed me. I mean, I, I, I'm doing everything right. I've got this car that I drive. I've got this house that I live in. I've, I've got all of the finances that I need. Look at the clothes that I wear. Look at the job that I have. You know, maybe that person's not saying look at it. Maybe it's on the other side of it. Some other people are saying look at everything I must be doing wrong because I don't have the car, I don't have the house, I don't have this. And they're constantly yearning and yearning and yearning and wanting more of those things. And, and there's nothing wrong with wanting those things, okay, that is except that when it preoccupies and takes you over to the point to where you can't see what God is doing in the midst of the trouble. He wants to take us through some things. Psalms 119 verse 71 says, I was glad that I was afflicted because I know you in a way I would, have not, I would not have known you otherwise. He says it's, it's possible that you can experience some intimacy with the Lord that you otherwise could not experience as you walk through the challenges of life. God's telling us that the purpose, telling us that some of the pain that we experience can become a conduit. You know what a conduit is? Conduit is, 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 is a, it's an open tube. It's a path by which wires in an electrical situation can, can, can pass and can stay protected and such. The Lord is creating conduits in your life by which the power of God can begin to flow and can be, can, can be protected and not, not, interfe- inter, um, not, not affected by other outside forces. The deficit is not the obstacle. The deficit is face opportunity growing in you, trying to take you to another level. But you know what? We want it easy. We want to say we went through the motions. We prayed the prayer. I want to give you here this this last part. You see, the word is faith's foundation. Faith cometh by what? And hearing by the word of God. And in this case with Hannah, we see where she cried out. We see where the false accusation was made by the pastor. And, and she says, it isn't so. She gave evidence to that it wasn't so. He saw that what it was, and he seen the reality of the faith that was happening within her. And what does he do? He gives her a word. It was a rhema word. It was a word for the moment. It was something that allowed for her to be able to, to, to grab a hold of, to, to, to be able to apply to her life and say, I got this. It was something that says, I can go ahead and move on now. I believe that God has heard my cry. I've heard now from what happened to be the spiritual authority in her life. The word had been given, and peace be with you, and what you've asked of the Lord, it shall be done. And that's all that she needed. She picked up her stuff, she went on down the road, and she began to thank God for everything that began to happen after that, right? 
Now, I've got to summarize this in these final points, these things that are happening here. But I want you to understand that, listen, it wasn't just for the child. It wasn't just for that child who was going to become pretty influential, by the way. You see, that son that would be born would be called Samuel. Samuel was the one, right, who was going to anoint Saul as the king. Samuel was the one who was going to anoint David as the king. Samuel was the one who, who was re- responsible for participating and being part of the equation by which the, 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 the lineage of, of Jesus himself would become a reality. This was no small request that she was asking. This was a miracle that was in the making. And sometimes you're waiting in your deficit and you're, you're being beat up and you're being beat down and you're wondering, God, when is this going to be alleviated? You have no idea of knowing when a moment is going to take place that something will happen through you because because God has been working in you. But you know what? We're too quick to say, Lord, take this away. Make this easy. We're looking for the easy path. Some of you are out there today and, and your hearts have been broken because of the betrayals of someone else or because Someone has, has, has messed with you, and, and it could be in, a, in a, a secular setting or it could be in a church setting. It could be in a, in a, in a relationship with someone. Maybe you're a young person that's here right now, and you're, you're having a hard time with your parents. Maybe you're a parent here, and you're having a hard time with your young people. It's like, I just don't know how I'm going to be able to get through. You know how you won't get through? Is when you give up. There are people in this room, I'm looking around this room right now, and I am seeing individuals whom I know some of the life story of their relationships in their homes and the things that happen. And when those things seem to be deficit, when it seemed like everything, all hell was breaking loose in their lives, they are walking, talking, giving proof of the evidence of the faith of God now, all right? Because they were able to say, this moment won't define us. This moment of failure, this moment of weakness, this moment of disappointment, This moment of these things will not wipe me out. But I recognize that God is at work still. He has not left me. He's not abandoned me. I may be disappointed. Guess what? It may be happening. but, but, But listen to me. The Lord wants to take that situation. And he wants you to let action still start to rise within you. He wants you to get to the point where you say, all right, here's what's going to happen. We see where Hannah offered and says, oh, by the way, when you give me this son, the son that you're going to give me, he's not for my self-consumption. He's not for me to walk around. I'm going to take and give this son back to you. My pastor's not asking for that, all right? You can go ahead and have kids, and you can go ahead and raise them yourself, all right? This pastor in today's day and time, I don't need that, all right? But... She took, after the time of weaning, the Bible says, dropped him off there with Eli and says, here you go, he's yours. (laughs) And from that point, he was trained in the things of the Lord to hear the voice of the Lord. There's other stories and accounts that you can read. It's phenomenal. But the thing is, is that it wasn't over there because this woman who was barren and couldn't have any children went on to have five more children. Thank you. Three sons and two daughters. That's right. Five more children. What we think is a breaking point in our life, a time in which we are wondering, Lord, where are you? How come you've left me here? How come you've abandoned me? Are the opportunities and ones the Lord is wanting to grow in you? He's wanting you to work it out.
say, I'm still working it out. I'm still going to work it out. I'm still going to have a place and where I'm going to allow for strain to come into my life. I'm not going to try to get rid of it so quickly. I'm going to ask the Lord, what's this for? What am I supposed to learn? How can this faith, how can this action produce something good within me? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you here today, and teams come in if they would, please. And we're thankful, Lord, that you've given to us this, um, this opportunity as a, as a f- church to come together. This opportunity that we can be instrumental in spurring one another on. Lord, I'm asking you to do something that would allow for us to embrace the adversities and the tragedies that come into our lives with a response that says, God is able. With the response that says, God is here. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we ask you, God, to work through every person that's here right now. And the enemy is attacking and is causing for them to ponder, even think for a moment, question, where are you? That they would consider for a moment that possibly something's going on in their life. You're allowing for these events to unfold, these uncomfortable things to unfold so that you can do something greater. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for working. Every head bowed and every eye closed right now. Some of you are here today, and this can be a life-changing, a life-changing opportunity for you. Because many people have approached God and have thought, well, the reason I serve him is because of what he gives me. Because he blesses me. And I love the blessings. I love what God does as far as how he blesses you. He wants to bless you. But it's not because of the blessings that I serve him. He's not just the God of blessing. He is the God who will do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that I can ask or imagine. He's the one who wants to give back to us. But we've got to offer him something. What is it that you offer him today? What is it that you say, I'm not holding anything back. I, I'm, I'm not going to get to the place to where I, I reserve any of my, my energy or my possessions. But I'm going to give it all over to you, Lord. I, I, I'm not going to make this litmus test about how I know that you're real. I know you're real because your spirit has bore witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And it may happen a long time ago for some of us. But have you grown from that point? How are you growing from that point? 
Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every head closed, you're in this place today. You say, Pastor, I know that God is wanting to accelerate my faith walk with him. This is going to sound very general, but those of you who this is specific to, you're going to know it beyond a shadow of a doubt, and, and, and you're, you're going to want God's intervention. So, so, so while it, sound, it may sound general to those who may not want it, everybody else in here who is with sincerity of the heart saying, I know that God wants to accelerate my faith walk with him. He wants to take me to new places so that I can accomplish more for him, so that the, the works of God can be made manifest in my life. If that's you, you know he's been dealing with you. He's convicting you and convincing you right now. If that's you, lift up your hand in this place. Come on, where are you at? I know he wants to accelerate. I know he wants to take it. He wants to move me from, from where I'm at. I don't have to be stuck here. Come on, that's it, all across this sanctuary, amen. You can put those hands down. Maybe there's some individual here today who says, I really like for my faith to be accelerated, but the problem is I'm not at first pace. I haven't, even, I haven't even made a commitment to the Lord, and I recognize I need to do that. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, will you lift up your hand today? I'm not going to call you out. I just want to know to pray for you. You need to get things right with God. You want to start in your relationship with him. Anybody here today? You want to renew your relationship with him. Start it. Renew it. Hmm. Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody in this place to stand to your feet. There was a number of hands that went up a few moments ago, and they said that I want God to accelerate my faith. I want him to do something to me. You know what you were saying? You were saying I am open to the pain, the uncomfortableness, and the adversity that may come with that. And if you really meant that, it's kind of scary. I'm telling you, it's kind of scary. But it is so rewarding. It, you now stand at a place to be able to be a difference maker, a world changer, in a whole new way, unlike you've ever been able to do before. So if you really meant that, we're going to sing this song in closing. You didn't raise your hand, but you're saying, yeah, that's me. I, I, I want to be and have that faith accelerate in my life. And I will let the Holy Spirit do whatever needs to be done in me. I'll be open to it. I'll embrace it. I'll pray about it. I'll go through whatever things I need to go through so he can grow in me. If that's you, I want you to, when they begin singing this song, just begin to come on up here, if you would, please. Go ahead, if you would, team.